Welcome to our study of Galatians chapter 5. Before we begin our study today, I would like to read another letter we received from a listener. Please find enclosed a money order in the amount of $38 for tapes on understanding the New Testament. These tapes have truly been a blessing to me. I wish I had a copy of these tapes five years ago. Thanks so much. And may God continue to bless you in his teachings. We thank this listener for writing in, and we encourage you to write in to the Radio Bible Course, especially if you have questions about the Bible. But we'd also like to know what you think of this broadcast. Now, in Galatians chapter 5, we left off with verse 8, where Paul wrote, This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view than mine, and he who is troubling you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. Paul has been talking about the Jewish teachers who were persuading the Galatian Christians to live by the law instead of living by grace. And earlier in the chapter, he talked about that loss of freedom as falling from grace. Well, in verse 8, he talks about the persuasion. He said, this persuasion is not from him who calls you. In other words, God didn't persuade you to live by the law. It was someone else. I would hate to be in the class of those teachers who would teach the law because Paul looked at it as not being aligned with God. I hope that all of my teachings are in accord with God's teachings and so that people could say these teachings are God's teachings. That, of course, is the goal of good Bible study and good Bible teaching, and I'm sure we often fail due to our lack of information and our inability to understand everything. Nevertheless, we strive to teach the Word of God. This persuasion of which Paul speaks is a reference to the need for a Christian to keep something written in the Law of Moses as the Jewish teachers were insisting. Although the Law is God's Word, it wasn't given to Christians and it was given to Israel for only a limited time until Christ came. That was made clear in Galatians chapter 3. Someone, Paul is saying, is misusing Scripture, but it's not God. It's those Jewish teachers. God called these Galatian Christians by the gospel, not by the law. The source of legalism is man, not God. And it comes from men who are not satisfied that grace is enough. Are you satisfied that Christ has done enough to free you from the law? Has he done enough to purchase your salvation for you? If you don't think he has done enough, you, of course, will then be trying to do something to enhance or to supplement his work. But Jesus Christ said, it is finished. And the Bible teaches us that God has been propitiated and that Christ is that propitiation. Propitiation means satisfaction. God is satisfied that Christ did everything. And I hope 
those who are listening on to our program today will also be satisfied. If you aren't satisfied with the finished work of Christ, then you are in danger of falling from grace. And I remind you again, as I think I need to do quite frequently, that falling from grace does not have anything to do with sinning. It has to do with trying to improve yourself beyond what Christ has already done for you. In other words, trying to make yourself better than Christ made you when you believed. Those Jewish teachers who were trying to persuade the Galatians were not handling the word of God accurately, as Timothy was urged to do in Paul's second letter to him. Verse 15, he wrote, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Those words, rightly handling, or rightly dividing, in the authorized version, means to cut straight, and it comes from the Greek word orthotomeo. The meaning first meant to cut straight, and then it moved from that to rightly dealing with a thing. Now, that's what Paul wants Timothy to do. Cut straight the word of God. There were people who perverted the word of God in Paul's day. Paul implied this in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, when he wrote, We have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. And the background of that is that others were doing those very things. Can a Christian distort the word of God? Yes, he does it when he uses it out of context, or when he applies what was for Jews only and applies it to Christians. Keep in mind that all of the Bible is for us, but all of it is not to us. Now we move on to verse 9. And here Paul writes, A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Women who bake know what leaven is. It's yeast. And when it is put into dough, it spreads. So does a little bit of legalism, which the Jewish teachers brought to the Galatians. It spread. That's why we have to be on guard against even a little bit of legalism, because Paul is using it here in this context, in this sense that a little bit of legalism will spread throughout the whole church and occupy all the doctrines that Christians have. Jesus warned of this very thing in Matthew chapter 16. Even before he was crucified, he said to his disciples, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Well, the disciples didn't understand that statement. And it tells us they began to discuss among themselves, saying, Is it because we took no bread? But Jesus, aware of this, said, You men of little faith, why do you discuss among yourselves that you have no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up, or of the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many large baskets you took up? There he's referring to two different miracles where he multiplied the loaves. 
And in verse 11, he writes, or he says, How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not say to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What were those religious groups teaching? It wasn't truth. It was tradition. It was the traditions and the commandments of men instead of the word of God. Now we move on to verse 10 where Paul writes, I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view than mine, and he who is troubling you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. If I teach less than accurately, I would be teaching something less than truth. And this has always concerned me as a Bible teacher. The judgment for such teaching is the loss of rewards from Christ. You'll read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Rewards come for building God's people, and there are losses for corrupting God's people. And how do we corrupt them? By men's traditions, by rituals that are unauthorized by the word of God. There is a lot of religion today, but not much feeding of God's sheep. And the rewards come to those who feed the sheep and build up one another. In verse 11, Paul writes, But if I, brethren, still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the stumbling block of the cross has been removed. Paul's enemies were saying that he also preached the need for circumcision when he preached to Jewish people. Then he flip-flopped when he was with Gentiles and told them that they should not be circumcised. Now, that was a false charge. Paul says that wasn't the case. And proof of his firm stand against the need for circumcision is that Jews were persecuting him for preaching. If Paul had been promoting circumcision, his preaching of the cross would cease to be offensive to them, and their persecution would cease. It was the message of the cross that bothered the Jews, because Paul was preaching that faith in Jesus Christ who died on that cross was enough, and you didn't have to be circumcised in addition to that. And that's what bothered the Jews and resulted in the persecution of Paul. Now, how is the cross a stumbling block? It announces that the crucifixion of Christ accomplished everything necessary for man's salvation, and nothing more was needed. Well, that's a stumbling block who want to those who want to insist that more is needed. It offended the Jew, who thought that the law could make him right. And the cross offends religious people who want to earn their way to God. The preaching of the cross offends good people, good people who think that their good deeds, good works, their giving, their kindness, and their love will help them to get to heaven. 
If that's the case, Christ did not need to die for those kinds of people because they are already good enough. But the Bible tells us that everyone needed a Savior and that all men have sinned. There is not one that is good in God's sight. No, not one. Well, the preaching of the cross offends wise people also. How? Because it's too simple, this message, to simply believe in the Savior who died on the cross, and that's enough? Yes, our message is that a Jew, a bloody Jew, died on the cross, but he was the Son of God, and he satisfied the righteous demands of the holy law. The preaching of the cross offends proud people, too, because a proud man must bow to that poor Jew who paid what we all deserve. He paid the death penalty. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For indeed, Jews ask for signs, and Greeks seek for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to Gentiles foolishness. At the beginning of the program, I read a letter from a listener praising our tapes on understanding the New Testament. You can get information about those tapes by writing to the Radio Bible Course. Ask for information about teaching tapes. We think you'll get a good understanding of the word grace by reading our free booklet entitled Grace. Send for your copy today. Send your letter to the Radio Bible Course. Ask for the free grace booklet. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calipota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.